If he's been good to you for a few moments, just lift up your voices and give him glory. I know it's an automatic response, but I need somebody to just speak of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for you. The fact that he always had your back. He is a good God, yes he is. I want to give God the praise in this place today, for he is worthy of all the praise, all the glory, all the honor that's due unto his marvelous name. Amen. I am so delighted once again to be back at this place that gives you such a warm embrace as the Carolina Missionary Baptist Church. Uh, it's always a privilege to be able to stand in this place to proclaim the word of God. And uh, particularly on this day, which is Education Day, I, I am so thankful uh, for this opportunity and to be in the place that God has placed me um, as the Dean and Site Director for the Washington, D.C. campus for Lancaster Bible College Capital Seminary Graduate School. I am just delighted to be in this position. I would tell you that uh, I've always loved education but I never saw myself as being in the position that I am in serving now. Amen. I always saw myself as being the pastor that God had called me to be. But then one day I was told that that's what we're looking for at Lancaster. We're looking for a person with a pastor's heart. And so here I am in this position serving this capacity uh, and here today to serve on this education day to bring the word of God. I am delighted. I am happy. I'm happy because my friend, the pastor, Pastor Moore, has invited me to be here to share with you today. I am I'm grateful for my friend. For the many years that we have uh, shared together, uh, I am grateful for him and for what he has allowed to happen in, in his life and in my life for the many years that we have spent uh, just in the years of pastoring, but also the times that I remember sitting some years ago uh, around what we call the round table of pastors coming together to share knowledge and to share this understanding of the word of God. And so I am, I'm delighted uh, to know him. And then Lady Moore, God bless you. So, so glad. Amen. On this education day. Amen. I am grateful. I'm grateful also to have with me uh, two colleagues uh, from the Lancaster Bible College Capital Seminary and Graduate School and the person of Martil Pitts, who serves as, uh, I think I saw her name up there, uh, associate, uh, associate Director for uh, our undergraduate work. Uh, Martil, will you stand up? Martil, amen. Stephen Taylor, who is our Director of Community Engagement and Enrollment, uh, is there. And so following, following the service, they will be out, and they'll be happy to share with you everything about the Lancaster Bible College Capital Seminary Graduate School. Amen. And I uh, hope that we will be one school that you will consider, uh, because we desire to give you an opportunity to have a biblical worldview that you can share, no matter whether it's in the work world or even in the church. We pray that you would give us some consideration. I've been praying about this day um, 
for some weeks about what God would have me to say on this education day. And so I was actually in church. Sometimes this happens when I'm in church and I'm waiting for the service to begin and I'm looking for where I'm going to be and what I, if I'm going to be preaching what God would give me. And this particular text came to mind. And so I've got these few minutes to bring this text to your attention. And uh, I want to engage you in John chapter 7. And while you're trying to get to John chapter 7, um, education is so important. As Pastor Moore quoted from um, Nelson Mandela and from Malcolm X, I read something just a few minutes ago, not a few minutes ago, but a couple weeks ago, actually on uh, Facebook about uh, Shaq uh, O'Neal having, Shaquille O'Neal, um, having, making like $407,000 per week. Well, here's what caught my attention. When he said that you have to have the education to keep it. Amen. John chapter 7. And for the sake of time, I'm going to begin the reading at verse 14. Now, now about the middle of the feast... Jesus went into the temple and taught, and the Jews marveled, saying, How does this man know letters, having never studied? Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is of God or whether I speak of my own authority. I want to end the reading right there. Amen. I had, I had chapter, chapter 7, verses 10, but I'm read, in the reading there uh, and make it short. Uh, an encounter with the heavenly teacher. You can be seated. Jesse Jackson said, he said, I'll never forget my first day in the sixth grade. He said, my teacher was Miss Shelton, and she began writing these long words on the blackboard we couldn't understand, never even heard of before. We all looked around, he said, and started whispering to each other, she got the wrong class. She thinks we're the eighth grade class. Somebody finally called out, Miss um, Shelton, those eighth those are eighth grade words. We are only the sixth grade here. She turned around and said, I know what grade you are. I work here. And you will learn every one of these words and a lot like them before this year is over. She said, I will not teach down to you. One of you little brats just might be the mayor or governor or even the president of the United States someday. And I'm going to make sure you're ready. This woman was about education. And she turned back and went right back to writing. And at that time, Jackson says, his proposition prompted no glow of possibility in him. He said, aim to be governor, 
aim to be mayor when, when in Greenville there is not a single African-American on the Board of Education, in the police department, in the fire department, and aim to be president? But Ms. Shelton says, I'm going to get you ready because I believe in education. I believe that education prepares you to get where God wants you to be. She believed that education is the future. It opens up the doors that helps one. Miss Shelton was putting forth vision for the people, for her eighth graders, so that they would have some idea where they could advance to in life. And Jesse Jackson believed that this woman, because he ran for the president of the United States, had to look back at some woman who's a teacher. Miss Shelton was preparing him for where God was taking him. Listen, my friends, when I read this text a few weeks ago, I was inspired by this text because I saw over top of the caption, the heavenly scholar. And it caused me to begin to wonder. It inspired me to want to be my best and to do my best. And so in order to see this text, you have to catch really the flavor of the chapter. Jesus had just given the bread of light discourse. And as a result, many of the disciples withdrew and did not walk with him anymore. The crowd was not interested in a savior who was primarily spiritual. As a matter of fact, that's how some churches are today. They're not always interested in a Jesus who is spiritual. They were after somebody who would provide for their physical needs, who would provide the miracles, but not the one who would provide spiritual matters. And as a matter of fact, the drama of that rejection continued in the seventh chapter that we read in verse 1, that after this, Jesus went around Galilee, purposely staying away from Judea because the Jews were waiting to take his life. You see, the Jews in the book of John always represented Jesus' enemies. In other words, the religious leaders wanted to kill him. So he stayed away from the high country of Judea uh, and Jerusalem. And the intensity in this text continues to escalate as the passage continues because in verse 2, what we read is that now the Jews' feast of the tabernacles was at hand. And his brothers Therefore said to him, depart from here and go into Judea that your disciples may see the works that you are doing. They, 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 they were interested in getting him to be in a part of the season of gladness where they celebrated what God had done for them, had brought them out of the wilderness, brought them out of bondage. He was looking for them. He was, they, they were looking for, his, for Jesus, their brother, their blood brother, to come into their presence and to be able to show off, if they will, his abilities that he has. And every morning the people that they came to this feast would gather together in order that they might celebrate, that they might have joy. The celebration was one in which they sang great psalms and waving their law bonds in the rhythm as they approached the pool of Shalom 
and the priest would dip his pitcher into the water, and the people would recite some of the beautiful words from Isaiah 12, 3, which says, With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Then the crowd would march back to the temple, entering through the water gate to the blast of the priest's trumpet, and the priests would then circle the altar once, ascend with accompanied priests to the platform and pour the water out. This was a daily event. And all those who were going up to Jerusalem while Jesus remained in Galilee having a conversation with his brothers who were egging him on in verse 5 that they, that they did not believe in him. They were egging him on to go and show his miracles. They were egging him on because they did not embrace him as the savior of the world. First, the Jews wanted to kill him. And now his own brothers are urging him to go to the celebration at the risk of his own life. And note our Lord's reply. He says, my opportune time has not come. The right moment has not arrived. And the interchange that Jesus' brothers went with him Stayed, he stayed behind as they went ahead, and however his brothers had left the feast, he did not publicly go, but he secretly went. Some, some, some scholars have wondered what that meant, he secretly went. Well, he didn't, have, he didn't have his normal crowd with him, so he could blend in. And as he blended in, in the middle of the week, at the highest point, if you will, when a lot of people would be at the feast, he, would be, he was there and saw the teachings and heard the encounters that were going on in the midst. And the encounter that they had, he heard, he heard them talking about where is he? Where is Jesus? Where is the one that we have seen doing the miracles? They, they were looking for him in that place, but yet as he watched and observed the questioning of them asking where he is, not because they wanted to hear him teach, but because they wanted to put him to death. He watched as he heard in the crowd that there, was, there were people who were divided among him. Listen, an encounter with Jesus, with Jesus will cause you to evaluate. When you get to a moment that you really meet Jesus, you will begin to evaluate who he is. I've got to hurry. You will evaluate who he is. And the text says that they evaluated him, some with favorable words, that he is a good man. They, they had tested his principles by his deeds. They saw that he not only talked it, but he also lived it. They saw that he did healings, he did miracles, he cared for folks, he empowered people. They saw him in operation. He discipled individuals because of his love for them. They saw his deeds, but there were those who had unfavorable words. They said he deceives people. He's a false prophet. His claims are extravagant. They even say he claims to be God. Watch this. Arguments turned into astonishment because Jesus stood up in the temple and began to teach. I want to say to you, if you're taking notes, an encounter with a heavenly teacher 
will cause you to have amazement. Yeah, he began to teach. He began a transmission of knowledge. He began, if you will, a transfer of information. And remember that this is not the first time that Jesus has taught. He has taught back in John chapter 3 when Nicodemus comes to him at night and saying, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do signs like this unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It's not his first time teaching. He's been teaching before he stood in the temple. He taught on the sermon on the mount when he opened his mouth and taught, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist the evil person. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to the other side. Therefore, he says, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will put on, and what your body, or what you will put on. Is not life more than food in the body, more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. It's not his first time teaching, but when he stands in the temple, I don't know what he taught, but all I know is he taught something. And when he taught whatever he taught, he must have went through the letters like he did with the two on the May on the Mayus Road, began to explain who God is and began to explain salvation. They were amazed at what he had done. I don't know about you, but when I hear the words of Jesus, I still am amazed. No long, no matter how long I've been saved. I find something fresh and new in God's word when I hear the word of God. I get refreshment and renewal and strength from his word. Why? Because he is a great teacher. There's no one like him. The Jews marveled and they marveled. They marveled saying this man has not got any letters. How does this man know the letters? Having never studied, how can a village boy from Nazareth, teaching with skill and ease, make us amazed? Never went to any rabbinical schools, not, not taught under any letter teachers from Jerusalem. How does he know what he knows? He, as a matter of fact, he would not be considered at, at Lancaster Bible College Capital Seminary because he didn't have any letters behind his name. He didn't come from an accredited school as some would consider, but I've got to hurry. But look at what the text says. It says that he says, I learned from my father. I do have credentials. Jesus says, I, I, I do have credentials. He, and listen, when, when I read this text, I was wondering, is this text reducing educational standards? 
No, it's not. Because simply because he got his wisdom from on high. His mind was of omniscient genius. It, it was a mind saturated with the word of God. He sat under the father, the author of scripture. He, he had an encounter with the father himself that gave him the ability and the qualifications. And so therefore, my friends, you cannot go without education. You need education. You need to get letters behind your name. Yes, you need to get a secondary education because your future depends upon it. And Jesus is our example. He's our inspiration that you've got to get something in order to go forward. And when you have an encounter with Jesus, he will transform your life. He will make you brand new. He will change your life. He will make you the person that you ought to be because you are a new creature in Christ Jesus when you have an encounter with Jesus Christ himself. An encounter with him will cause you to evaluate. An encounter with Jesus will cause you to have amazement, to be astonished. Let him astonish you. Let the heavenly teacher astonish you. But most of all, follow his inspiration to go to another level that will cause a transformation in your life that you might be made brand new in Christ Jesus. God bless you today.